Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Today's book, entire book, that is, is The Last Wish by, who? who's it by, Dan? It's by, uh, see, I looked this up, Luke, so now I know that this is almost right. It's uh, Andre Sapkowski. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So I was pretty close last time. Pretty close. We'll give it to you. So yeah, we've read we've read the entirety of it um, for this episode. This might be I don't know. I've got a lot of notes since since it was a, a a long read. So we'll see how long this goes. But since it's probably going to be long, no, no intro today, Dan. No, let's just get into it, Luke. Let's get into it. Uh, okay. So the first story we get here is. This story about... Well, okay, the first thing is, am I supposed to know what these monsters are by their names? I don't think so. I think this is kind of doing a similar thing that happens in a lot of sci-fi books where they just kind of plop you in and start using this jargon without you knowing what it means. Okay. Okay. The first story is about a striga? Yeah. I think. Well, I mean, that one's is obvious. The... Right. Okay. Yeah, I know what that is. Uh that that's the that's the the daughter that turns into a striga, uh-huh. I guess. Yep. And the first thing I had about this is people just let this thing hang out for like seven years. Well, okay, it's fourteen years old. Yeah. The last seven years, no one's done anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of scary. <laughs> Plus, they and they haven't really left. You'd think they'd just leave. No, they're just mm-hmm. kind of, they moved a little ways away, but still close enough that it would eat, it would eat people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, they moved to like the next hill over. Right. Right. Like they could still see this thing running around. Maybe it's a tourist attraction at this point. It brought, it brought Geralt. Oh, are you saying Geralt? Oh, what do you say? I'm saying Gerald. Oh, Gerald sounds bad. <laughs> I see. I, I'm... I'm sure there's a correct answer for this. Yeah. I'm sticking with Gerald. I'm going to say Geralt. Okay. Okay. We're going we'll to have to agree we'll, to disagree. We'll see who's right after this. We'll, we'll read our hate mail after this to, to see who's wrong. Um, but yeah, I also thought this was kind of crazy. I mean, I don't think it's fair to say they didn't do anything about it. It sounds like they tried to do a lot of things. About okay. It. For the first seven years. Because keep in mind, this thing is 14 years old. Yes. The first seven years, they try to do a bunch of stuff. Yeah. The last seven years, it's just nothing's been going on, I think. Yeah, I I guess that's true. But if you tried everything, what else is there? Except, I don't know, move. (laughs) Fucking leave. (laughs) Maybe this is one of those things where it only kills every now and then. And the 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 death rate for a lot of other things is so high that it's like, you know, a couple people died from that this year, but you know, fifty people died from from uh, horse accidents in the main square. <laughs> Why aren't we? Yeah. We aren't talking about that, huh? Maybe we should talk about yeah. horse safety. Right, one of those things. It could be. Maybe also the benefits outweigh the costs, right? 
Maybe it also provides some some service for the town. At, at some point later in the book, they talk about Geralt is complaining about how people don't need witchers anymore because the monsters are like beneficial for some towns or some towns think that they're fine. Maybe mm-hmm. this Striga is like actually a little beneficial for this town. Right. Maybe it That's does see, some... you, Yeah, you never you never know what kind of side effects things are going to have. Like maybe this town doesn't have mosquitoes because of the Striga. Right. What one day out of the month the Striga eats a person, the other 30 days it is gobbling mosquitoes nonstop. And they don't yeah. they don't mention this to Geralt at all. There's there's probably something like that. You know, side effects to everything. Yeah, that's true, Luke. That's very true. Thing is, side effects. A lot of people screaming in the background <laughs> a of lot my, of people of my recording. Okay. Uh, speaking of side effects, though, kind of related to side effects. Geralt is talking to the king, whose daughter this is, and he's explaining to the king what to do to keep this girl from turning back into. Is it a striga? A spriga? Striga. Striga. From turning back into a striga after, if he's successful. And he's saying things like, oh, put, I don't know, put some stuff in the fire every now and then and put this under her pillow. And, like, how did they figure this shit out? Because that would have been a crazy trial and error period mm-hmm. of just, all right, the, we got this person to not be a striga anymore. Uh, let's put a rock under their pillow. Does this work? Does that help? I don't know. Oh, they turned back into a striga. Didn't work. Well, they ate us all, so. Right, right. Like, the process of figuring out that kind of stuff must have been insane. They're not, there is no controlled experiment they're running with this. I don't know. You think there's a research lab where they're... <laughs> Listen, we hear about this, this witcher training ground, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. that Gerald is from. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know how they're training people. Like you're okay. You're a chemistry grad student. How do you get trained to be a a future chemistry professional or professor? You go to school where you have a lab. Might be the same thing with with witchers. Maybe they've got some labs in there. Right, but that's insane. Their labs are hey, let's get this dangerous monster. And then just try random shit to see if it stops it from being a dangerous monster. Okay, we don't know the scientific process that they're going through. It might not be random. What are you saying? Put stuff in the fire every so often. He doesn't give him an exact, like, occurrence <laughs> to do it. If I, like, if I were that king, I'd be like, okay, so every night, I should just do it every night to be safe. And it, <laughs> right, sounds, yeah. like, it sounds like Geralt's like, nah, just every so often. Every, yeah. What does every that mean? Few, every few time periods. <laughs> That's not helpful. That's a, yeah, because that, be, that could be once a year. That could be once a month. Who knows? Right, and if the, the risk... might be expensive. Right. I did, it didn't sound like it, though. Mm-mm. And the, the thing that I like about this is the, the high fantasy element of this I'm loving it because most of the time in even fantasy books, when someone says that, it's like, yeah, that's nonsense. In this book, it's probably true. Throw some like flowers in the fire doing some kind of magic thing in this book. Loving it. Okay. Maybe. 
Or Geralt is just like, I could look so legit if I tell this guy some random bullshit. I, I would look, my cred would go through the roof if I told this guy just some thing that I made up off the top of my head to get him to believe me that I know what I'm doing. Yeah. That's that's the other possibility. Because this Which, king doesn't in everything, know. Right, he does, doesn't know. And everything else, Gerald seems to be very knowledgeable. But I don't, who's to say that he's not just making this up? Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> the, okay. One thing that was in this is there's a couple stories about people killing monsters and that kind of stuff without witchers. Mm-hmm. People seem to be pretty good at killing monsters. <laughs> There's a, I think someone talks about, like, yeah, the valley down the road had a dragon come by, so they just, like, teamed up and, and killed it. It's pretty pretty casual killing of a dragon. Right. This right. is incredible. Like, I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> why isn't this talked about more? Right. Well, perhaps it's because... The dragons in this world suck. Yeah, we haven't seen a dragon, so we don't know what they look like. Well, and there's only one left, it sounds like. Geralt's talking about mm. how all the dragons have been killed except one. And they're kind of keeping it as like a pet. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, they can't be that terrifying then. Right. Yeah. I'm sure. Dragons differ in different stories. Right. Maybe these dragons are just little, just little dragons. Like bearded dragons. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're just bearded dragons that can fly and breathe fire, but they're more like, you know, those lighters you use to light your barbecue. That's like the <laughs> amount of fire that's coming out of one of these. They're just still cool. Still cool, but like more cute now than mm-hmm. really dangerous at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, I mean, speaking of these monsters and being able to get rid of them throughout these stories Geralt seems to be complaining about his lack of funding how do these people not make way more money witchers witchers should be loaded right i i would picture them being pretty loaded yes because like if i am imagine i'm a town and there's a demon spider that eats a townsperson once a week and somebody comes in and says, I'll kill it. Yeah, I'd pay them a lot of money to do that. I'd let them live in the town for a year, rent-free, if they did that for me. Yes. Which, which he gets a lot of money for that particular job. Oh, for the spider thing that he gives to the wizard? No, no, the striga. Oh, the striga, yeah. But for the spider that he brings into town, he gets nothing. <laughs> yeah, they just... Throw it in the in the cesspool. Nothing for that? <laughs> Which I think partly that's on the fault of Geralt. You gotta yeah, he's negotiate. A terrible, he's a terrible negotiator. Yeah, absolutely. You can't bring the corpse and then say, how much we pay me for this? Yeah, you already did it. Nothing. But at the same time, thank you. Maybe a thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't... It's kind of, it's, it's hard to figure out a little bit because on the one hand, monsters seem very prevalent, right? They're, they, they seem everywhere. 
and this weird like random magic stuff that Geralt is able to help with. I my, my question is what are Geralt's spending habits? Ooh, yes. I think he's just wasting money on stuff. What is Geralt buying with all this money? Yeah. Because hmm. cause he got... We, we hear that he tries to give away the money he gets from the Striga. He tries yes. to give it to the priestess to give to, to Yennefer. Yennefer. Yeah. But some of these other stories he gets a lot of money for. Like the... I think the one where he... Oh, actually, no. The one that he... With the queen. Mm-hmm. I don't think he actually gets money for that. He does that weird thing where he's like taking someone's future daughter or something like that your child what's like gerald you're you're talking about how much money you need ask for money they've got a lot of money either ask for money or stop complaining about it exactly it's heavily implied that he's doing this because this future child will be a witcher i think yeah you literally are talking about how you don't like being a witcher you, there's not much need for a witcher anymore. What are you doing? Well, maybe that's just it, Luke. Maybe he thinks that this child would become a witcher if he didn't step in. Oh. He's preemptively getting the, snatching this child up to prevent it from becoming a witcher. Interesting theory. I have no idea how he would know that. Because, yeah, it sounds, it sounds like that crazy thing that you said is what he's doing. My thoughts on this this request that he makes is he just this this story is kind of leading up to that moment, you know? Like there's a, I think fate is pretty heavily involved in that and he does this. I think it's to seem cool or to make a good a, a cool like circle of life thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like Gerald, you don't need to do this. I feel like that's 90% of what Gerald does is do things to look cool. Like most of the things he does are to look cool. Like when he brings in the spider thing into town, dead on the horse's back, he could have gone in and negotiated the price beforehand. It would not have looked nearly as cool. Right. But if he just strolls into town with this giant monster on the back of a horse and is like, killed that for you, everybody's going to be pretty impressed, I think. Yeah, I mean, he he walks in and everyone circles around him to see. Because they're like, what is that giant spider, dead spider thing on your horse? <sighs> yeah. Maybe, do you he's, think he's spending his money on fancy clothes? Ooh. Do you think he's like keeping up with the latest fashions and that's why he's always broke? Is because he's trying to just look super cool? I could see that being a part of it. Because... Because Gerald, from a from a broad view, kind of seems like the person that comes in with, you know, not very fashionable, but really well-made clothes, you know? It's like he's all about practicality. But I think when you come in closer, I don't think that's the case. He's got accessories. I'm not basing this off of anything, but I think it fits his character. Yeah. I think that's true. Well... I mean, he has a sword made purely of silver, which okay, it has which, its it has its purposes. I'm not saying it doesn't, but maybe he's got a like a taste for the expensive. He's got a taste for the like ornaments, 
And so right. he's got lots like, of little dangles. Like this sword that's made of pure silver. Sure, he needs that to be made of silver. But does the hilt have to be made of gold? Does the scabbard have to have five rubies set along along it? I don't think Gerald, so. Just do you do you have to buy three tubs of conditioner once every month to get your hair looking like that? I mean, but have you, you need one. seen his hair, Luke? That's a good point. His hair is That's gorgeous. A good point. Okay, you use conditioner. That's definitely yes. You definitely do. You've got to. Well, he's also got to buy those contact lenses to make his eyes look all funny. Mm-hmm. Those are expensive. Those are okay. Those are nice though, where he can he can dilate his pupils whenever he wants. Oh no, I think he's I just. I think he's just doing ecstasy. I don't think he's actually. <laughs> I don't think that's actually a. a he's thing. just popping ecstasy. He's pills popping pills when he walks into a dark room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just takes a little Molly. Smart, smart. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take us off of off the Gerald focus really quick. I've got one note about this kind of Beauty and the Beast story. Uh, the one, which the, one, Luke? The the one where oh, that's a good point. Yeah, the one where the guy has a like bear head and he he's lives in this house that he can do magic. Okay. Yes. The the yeah. Um, I would trade a lot for this ability that he has. Like my first question for you was going to be, would you do the trade of having a bear head for the ability to have this house that you can do like whatever you want to like create food and that kind of thing? That's an obvious answer. That the answer yes, is yes. Of course you instantly. Would. But I thought a little bit more about it. I, I'm trading a lot for this ability. Okay. Yeah. What are you trading, Luke? Uh, I, I don't I don't have the line, but this just sounds incredible. Yeah. I, I mostly thought about that he can make food, whatever food he wants appear. Delicious. That's a that's a big deal. First off, I can eat whatever I want that tastes delicious without preparing it. No dishes afterwards? Are you kidding no me? No dish I would look no, like that just I don't to, have to never have to do dishes again. I would Plus, I would do bareface for no dishes. <laughs> Plus, no worry about sustainability, Dan. I don't have to worry well, about we don't know where this. The, well, we don't know where this is coming from, Luke. Oh, that's a we good have point. no we idea know. the impact that this guy's having when he snaps his fingers <laughs> and a bottle of wine appears next to him. Right? Maybe he's stealing food from across the river, or maybe every hamburger actually costs like seven cows. Right. the The cost is. It it always comes from a poor family. So whatever he gets, it comes from a family that spent their last penny to get it. This and, is, and he just doesn't this know. Is, this is a... Every really fancy meal he gets is from, like, a struggling couple where one of them puts in a last-ditch effort on this really... You know, they're pretty poor. They're They're probably going to break up. But one of them puts in this last-ditch effort to have a really nice dinner. All of a sudden, this guy snaps his fingers, and it's his. And it's gone. The table's all set. And he's like, honey, come out. I made you something something beautiful. Look. All right, open your eyes. And then there's nothing on the table. And she just walks out on him at that point. She's gone. And he's just sobbing. It's, yeah, there's got to be some kind of impact like that. Okay. 
the other thing about this guy though, I thought this dude was ugly. Because Okay, you mean so before a, his transformation he was ugly. Yeah, there's a portrait of him that is ugly. Mm-hmm. And Geralt even mentions like, yeah, most people who paint portraits try and make people look flattering. This guy still looks ugly in this portrait. So I kind of get where he's coming from. But then at the very end, we're left with a handsome dude. He mm-hmm. is described as handsome. He is. What the fuck? So this is like, people should pay for this, for this service. I'm an ugly dude. Cast a spell on me, make me a bear person for a while. And then I'll be handsome when I'm not a bear person anymore. Yeah, yeah. fine. I'll do that. I don't care. Okay, that's, that's a good point. This is actually a, a common thread with a lot of the stories in this book, where you have somebody who was ugly, and then some magic happened to them, and then in the end, they're pretty. Like, three of the stories that we read are about <laughs> ugly people becoming pretty. I will say, there's a there's a large obsession with appearance or aesthetics in this <laughs> there's one somewhat problematic yeah let's talk about uh, that one luke okay the one about sorcerer sorceress yeah sorcerers yeah female sorcerers where <laughs> he goes on kind of a uh rain's not the right word he but. goes on like a full-on incel analysis spree where he's looking at every little flaw on Oh, what's her name? Yennefer's body. Jennifer. And trying to figure out where did it come from? Where is her ultimate flaw? I can see the lines. I can see. Oh, her eyebrows are not the right shape. Her shoulders, one is higher than the other. It's like, dude, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. And there's, he talks about how oftentimes sorcerers have, like, they end up being very attractive because they can change what they look like but they have the eyes of an ugly girl. You're kind, of, you're kind of a dick, Gerald. Yeah, kind of. The craziest part about that story to me was, so most of the other stories have some like reveal that happens. It's kind of like, oh, whoa, that's kind of interesting. The reveal in this one was that Yennefer used to be a humpback. Okay, so? What does that even mean? Yeah. What? Who cares? Why is that, that the big one? reveal? I couldn't tell if that was, it felt like a big reveal, but it mattered so little that I couldn't tell if it actually was. Right, right. Well, I think that's why, like, uh, I mean, I think that's partly, like, a failure of the story is it's supposed to be a big reveal, but it has no impact whatsoever on anything. Right. And so Geralt comes to this revelation, which doesn't matter at all. And he's been looking at like he's been trying to figure it out the whole time. And it has no impact on anything whatsoever. Like, dude, why? Why do you even care? What does this matter? <laughs> yeah, that part was kind of that was that was a little odd. Yeah, I didn't love um, that story. OK, that's fair. That's fair. Um Okay, let's let's talk about that story a little bit. Okay, yeah, it's a, it's kind of at the end, but since we're on it, th- this is the this is the one that starts out with them fishing. Yep, 
Do you get a note on how big that uh, that catfish was? Did they say? Did they say twelve feet? Twelve feet long was that? That catfish was twelve feet long. Yeah, they didn't get it. Yeah, if we were to think about how heavy do you think a twelve foot catfish is? Okay, I'm not an expert on fishing. Luke, do the math. So I don't know. I don't know how this catfish looks. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna picture a catfish as as similar weight of a average person of that length you know oh it's so like it's way heavier dude way heavier i'd okay. say go okay. with like uh 100 i'd say 150 percent the weight of a person at that height okay i'm gonna say a six foot person is one 180 okay Let's go 200 to be a round number. Yeah, that's easy. Six-foot catfish, 300 pounds. Uh-huh. 12-foot catfish, 600 pounds. Uh-huh. And they're reeling this guy in no. for a little while? No, they're not. There's no <laughs> way. One of them, I don't remember which one, is talking about how the line is going to break. Mm-hmm. And the other one's like, no, it's not. Geralt, Geralt is talking about how the line's going to break. Okay. I, yeah, it is. <laughs> it definitely is, guys. <laughs> this thing is 600 pounds uh, also <laughs> you have to think about imagine the size of the body of water that they're fishing this in this is not just a stream there's no stream that there's a 12 foot catfish in this is a huge river right this river's got to yes. be massive to support a 12 foot catfish okay mm-hmm. then think about the fact that what are they going to do with 600 pounds of catfish meat no that that's spoiling pretty quickly yeah like sure you're gonna eat like maybe 10 pounds of catfish and you're gonna you're gonna get sick of catfish. you're gonna be so sick of catfish are you kidding me it's a waste let that one go free it's disrespectful like that catfish has been accumulating mass for for 500 years that's like cutting down a a redwood forest for like for kindling yeah yeah or to build like a shelf like sure you need some wood you don't need this 500 year old redwood okay that's absurd (laughs) let it live let it flourish it's a beautiful creature let it serve let it serve as uh inspiration for the other fish Mm. this is what they should yeah this is what they're working to it's like that one guy in the gym that's super nice to everybody, but is just ripped out of his mind. And oh, you're like, everybody loves that guy. I love Harold. But, uh, okay. Other thing in this story. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where exactly it says or why he says it, but at one point, Gerald says that he doesn't believe in certain types of superstition. What? Look at the world you live in, Gerald. Yeah. Every superstition is true in this world. This happens actually a couple times where the the other time that it happens is he's talking to those farmers about the devil in their field. And Gerald's kind of like, there's no, no, there's definitely not a devil in there, but we should go figure it out. <laughs> you, like there's no such thing as that. You don't know. <laughs> why? Why not? Okay, let's let's rewind a little bit. 
you told that king with the striga to burn some flowers to keep his daughter from turning back into a striga. You don't believe in whatever superstition this was, and you don't believe in devils or however, diavols or whatever they're saying. It's absurd. And you've been you've been definitively proven wrong about the genies thing. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't believe in genies, and then oh wait, that was a genie. I was wrong. And then after the, that, yeah, then you're willing to just be like devils aren't real. Blah da da da. That might have been before. Even so, come on, have some humility, okay? Yeah, you don't know you don't know everything, Gerald. Clearly, clearly. Okay. The other thing about this story, which there's two more things that I want to talk about with this story with Yennefer. The first is there's a tax on spells. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. How are you going to tax a spell, Luke? I heard that too. I don't know. What? what like, my, okay. My, my, my first thought is that sorcerers do spells for people for money. Mm-hmm. My guess is that it's kind of like a sales tax. Okay. So if you're like, can you enchant this weapon for me for $1,000, you're paying, you're paying 7% of that in taxes. Sure. But it sounds like they can't even do spells like for themselves. Yeah, like, it does seem like If that. I'm a barber, sure, maybe I cut people's hair, I charge them, and then there's a sales tax on top of that. I'm not cutting my own hair and charging myself a sales tax on it. I'm not doing that. Right. You can't. You can't. Yeah. Who do you self-report? No, you can't. There's no way. And the thing is, when the especially like, okay, if this is a medieval kind of world, there's no electronic auditing that they're doing on these people. They're going around to vendors and being like, you owe us this much in taxes because we think this is about how much you made this year. Pay up. Yeah, what, are you going to go to the sorceress and say, hey, pay us, I don't know how many spells you did, 10, 100? Pay us. Right. It's absurd. It's yeah. absurd. It's an example of a blow to bureaucracy, Luke, that just doesn't know how to properly tax people. Right, yeah. Like, you could... You can you can find a way to tax sorcery, just not not everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't. I there's there's you know there's so many there's there's got to be a, a lot better ways. You could you could charge rent to sorcerers. If you want to you want to do sorcery in this town, it's a thousand dollars a month. Right. Here's the we'll give permit. you a, here's the permit. We'll give you a great zone. Yeah, a permit. It'll be regulated. It's fine. It's a, it's a flat rate. Maybe it goes up. Maybe it goes up five percent every year to keep up with inflation. Right. That's it. That's it. It's not a per spell tax. You idiots. You can't do right. it. It's and and who's who who's evaluating the value of a certain spell? Right. Oh my like, gosh. She turns on the candle on the other side of the room. It's five bucks. Uh, what? And then you you uh, save a boy who got his leg shattered five bucks that's not fair (laughs) that's crazy well and you have to think about okay let's say let's say there's a flat tax on portals okay some portals 
super important. Some portals are like, my son is dying and needs to get here. Okay, portal, there. That'll be five bucks. Some portals are like, I don't know, there's a jug of water across the room that I want to get up to, to go grab. Let me just make a quick portal, reach through, grab a jug of water. Five bucks. Mm-hmm. The, the, the evaluation scheme, the value scheme for these spells has got to be just so complicated. Can you imagine the form to fill out to properly I report bet these spells? Yeah, I bet that there's schooling and a very, a very boring but high-paying job that evaluate that does the taxes for for sorcerers and wizards yeah yeah there definitely is there that's probably the lobby that got this law passed oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah okay one more thing about this this story with yennefer is that last wish luke what do you think that last wish was because the there are like three things that this last wish has to have so it has to protect them from the genie it has to somehow bind them together in some way that Yennefer finds super hot. And it's got to be so, like a wish that's basically impossible to fulfill. What? Okay. First off, you don't have to have a wish that's all three of these things to have saved yourselves. Okay? Okay. I, uh, let, let me. I don't know if it necessarily has to be related to them getting out of this circumstance because my understanding of this is that as soon as he makes this wish the genie is free right but and no matter what the wish is the genie might leave anyway might but the concern was that the genie would then turn on yennefer and kill her right once they were free and so the priest when they were doing this was talking about how his wish needs to be such that the genie won't turn on the both of them and kill Yennefer. Okay. And the, and the, I think the priest seems like he knows what that would be. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, I know what it is too. Here's my last wish. Go away forever. Done. Yeah. Okay. So my, my original theory before we talked about this did not take into account that he has to find a way to make the genie leave. Yeah. I'm assuming that the genie leaves no matter what. Okay. Which might be a faulty assumption, but whatever. Okay. My thought was it has to do with Yennefer being able to have children. Okay. Because we get this scene a little bit earlier with the priestess where they're talking about, like, like, sorcerers can't have children— because that's the way that they are, apparently. Yeah. And for some reason, Geralt is kind of optimistic about it. Uh-huh. I don't know why you put that in there. So, without. so I looked this up because I, at first I thought I missed it. At first I thought, oh, they say what it is, and I just missed it. So I did a Google. And the author of the book, Andre, Andre, shoot, I already forgot. Andre has said that that is not the wish. Because okay. a lot of people thought, just like you did, and I thought, too, that was the wish, was something about, like, them having a kid or her having a kid or something like that. Nope. Author said no. Great. Cool. Okay. Okay. But George R. R. Martin has also said that Westeros is not flat, and we know that's not true. Okay. That's, you know, that's a good point. 
Here's here's the other thing though, Luke. I have a couple of other ideas of what that wish could have been. You know, okay. a wish that that would send the genie on an impossible quest to try and fulfill that binds these two people together. Okay, here's a wish. Geralt says to the genie, I wish for a hammock that's comfortable for two people to sleep in. Ooh, impossible. Genie's like, shit. All right, I'll be right back. Goes off. Yennefer's like, wow, we're we're never going to find that hammock, are we? But that's so romantic that you're looking for one for us. Geralt's like, I know. Here's another one. That's a good guess. Here's another one, Luke. Geralt says to the genie, I wish for a TV show that is good enough that we can keep watching it, but not so good that one of us is going to get ahead of the other one in the series, that we're going to wait for each other to watch this show. I wish for that. Also tough. Yeah. Oof. These are, these are, uh, you're, you're getting me with these. See, this is what I'm saying, Luke. There's a lot of options for this last wish a lot of options. that I don't think are being yeah. considered. Yeah, this is a good idea. Okay. Um, yeah, here, here we go, listeners. You got, any, you got any other theories in the same vein as Dan's current theories? Yeah, what last wishes are we working with, guys? I, I bet there's tons out there. Go ahead, just tweet at us with what you think uh, Geralt slash wish last wish was with the hashtag oh what's the hashtag luke um real last wish true last wish it sounds kind of it's kind of lame it does sound kind of lame i don't know we might have to go with it though all right let's take let's take a let's take a rain check so for now Say say real last wish hashtag real last wish. If we come up with something better, we'll we'll tweet the diff, the the better hashtag. Yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> if you okay, if you have a better hashtag, just use it. <laughs> just <laughs> just tweet at us. We'll know what you're talking about. <laughs> um. Okay, I'm changing stories here. Mm-hmm. The story with. The woman called the Shrike. Yes. Where she's trying to kill the wizard and Geralt ends up interfering and he kills everyone in the world. <laughs> Apparently. No. He just kills her little band. Her little band of people. Yeah. Okay. The first thing is, obviously you killed the wizard. Yeah, no fucking question. Yeah. You obviously killed the wizard, Geralt. That's... That's number one. The second point is Shrike's friends are so annoying. Yeah. They, the thing that I'm basing this off of is not them being terrible people or anything like that. Right, like murdering all those people in the town just a little bit over. Right. Right, that's not what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, What I'm talking about is when Gerald first comes in and is like, hey, I'd like to talk to the Shrike. And they freaking do chaos for like five minutes one of them's like insulting his mom for the whole time the other ones are like challenging him to duels it's like can you shut up they sound so annoying yeah what i don't understand why Geralt feels so bad about killing these people and why everyone talks about it as a massacre these people sound like assholes 
They sound like wanted criminals. Yep. That are also, and more importantly, okay, maybe not more importantly, but also so annoying. Yeah. Geralt is doing a service for this town. Either way. And he gets called the butcher of whatever it was called, Bavaria or whatever. Yeah. Breva. Yeah. What? Rude. To, To Geralt. Rude. Okay. He didn't he didn't kill first of all, none of those people were citizens of whatever that place was. No. Not that that's necessarily important, but <laughs> But it sounds like he killed a bunch of citizens of this place when they call him the butcher of whatever. It sounds like he killed the whole town. Yeah. But he killed what he did was he killed a bunch of people trying to kill the whole town. Uh-huh. Just guys, get better names for a Geralt. <laughs> The other thing we've come down, we've come down hard on Gerald for most of this pod, for for most of this episode. This is one where I think he's being treated a little unfairly. I mean, he should have killed the wizard. He okay. The thing about this fucking wizard, he has so many reasons to kill this wizard. But do you remember why he doesn't do it? Because he doesn't want to choose the lesser of two evils. Yeah, you know what he does in the first story of this book. He kills three dudes in a tavern for, like, nothing. Yeah, not much consistency here. No, he just, he murders them, and the king is like, you killed three people. Like, you just murdered them. What are we supposed to do about that? And Geralt has, like, no explanation for it. He just shows him. He's like, yeah, I I wanted to impress you. (laughs) But he won't kill one wizard who's already been a dick to him. He has, like, so many reasons to kill this wizard. And he won't. For, ah, just, I don't know. Do you think? So I have this theory that Geralt's kind of like a frat star in this, in this short story. What I mean by that is he, like, kind of acts without consequences and he. You're you're saying that his dad's a lawyer. His dad, yeah, his dad's a lawyer and he, like sleeps with a lot of people and has no boundaries. <laughs> and I think he just was using this as a way to get in the Shrike's pants is what I'm saying. Oh. I I think he did not have a problem with killing a wizard, especially an asshole like this guy, but he was like I think the Shrike would sleep with me if I acted like I was an idealistic person if i if i put on the air that i read poetry and philosophy and i wore fancy sweaters then i think the shrike would come up to me at the coffee shop and ask for my number okay i think this is a fair point because he does seem oh even he even says you know he keeps talking about his the witcher code which he made up yeah yeah. Because there is no such thing. Seems like it keeps changing for whenever he, to whatever he wants it to be in that particular scenario. Mm-hmm. Especially, this is a good example because you're right. The first story, he literally murders three people because they were, so that, to get the king's attention. Yeah. And essentially. they kind of insulted him, but we've seen so many instances in this book of people insult him that he does basically nothing to. But these three, he decides to kill. Yeah. Not very consistent, Geralt. Not very consistent. 
Yeah. Good point. God. The other reason why you kill this wizard and you kill him quick. You, he, Geralt should have killed this guy upon entering his tower the first time. Because this wizard is just in there playing a VR porn game all day. He's not helping peasants. Okay? Yeah. He's in there playing a VR porn game, and Geralt comes in, and he's like, hey, you want to you wanna go on this? It's pretty fun. <laughs> you could totally go on it whenever you want, dude. It's super realistic. And Geralt's like, I'll pass. Thank you very much. Yeah, like Geralt's judging him. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. Um, this, the other thing with this is I say this a lot with certain books and I don't necessarily want, I don't want like a hard magic system, but I want some kind of outline on what sorcerers or magicians are able to do because they seem unstoppable. They seem like their powers are almost absolute. Yeah. I mean, we do get the sense that it takes energy to cast spells. So Yennefer seems drained trying to capture this genie. But right. But it's hard to know how hard certain things would be for magic to do. Like, how hard is it for this wizard to maintain this crazy illusion? Is it like walking around the block? Or is this running a marathon and he's just not trying to not show it? Yeah. What's the difficulty level for these these tasks? Because it seems like there's a pretty good amount of magicians. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can do magic, yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of different names for people who can do magic. Right. And their, their abilities seem pretty strong. Mm-hmm. They seem to be able to do a lot don't seem to be helping very much. This is why I think it's crazy that everyone's a dick to Geralt. Geralt is going around actually solving problems. Sure, he asks for some money, but who doesn't? Meanwhile, you've got a wizard playing a hentai anime game in up in his little tower all day. You've got a sorceress that just apparently drinks all day. And I don't know. I don't know what else she's doing. Yennefer. But, like, everybody should hate the wizards. Like, the okay, wizards. I think, okay, people people are somewhat hesitant around Gerald. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think that a lot of people do dislike the wizards. Partially, partially for this reason of they're not doing anything when they should be. Okay. And I think that people, people don't like Geralt because they kind of think they kind of assume that he's in that category. Oh, right. I think he gets called a magician a few times. He's like, "I'm not a magician. I'm a witcher." I think. I think, you're right. I think the magicians are are muddying the waters a little bit. You think here. they're giving any person who does magic a bad name? Yeah, I see. I think that's perfectly reasonable, actually. Yeah, that, I think that explains a lot. Is all these witchers are like, I think his name was Stregobar or Stregobon or something. I think they're all like that. And because they're all like that, everybody else is like, dude, I have to now like work twice as hard to show that I'm not like you. I can't just yeah. chill. I've got to be on my grind every day now. 
right? Because there's there's no there's no like magicians without borders kind of program. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. Well, wait, <laughs> Where there's... isn't that kind of what like a wandering sorcerer or like what Geralt kind of are? Yes, but I don't. But Geralt's not a magician. No, 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 no. Right. But like Yennefer is. Yeah, but I don't think she's doing. She's not out here. She's not doing charity work. No, she, no, she's not doing charity work. She's like doing cool things for rich people. Right. She's trying to get that bread. There's not. There's not a traveling magician who's going from struggling town to struggling town, solving problems for like like room and the board. working class people. Right. I don't think that exists. No, I don't think so either. There needs to be though. There needs to there, be. There needs to be. Okay. Let's let's go let's go quickly to this this weird like daughter engagement story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We we first get Gerald is invited to this and he's pretending to be a lord from this area. He gets a he gets a a little crest made for him. I was thinking about this. It would be cool to be able to make your own crest, but how long is it taking you to settle on your coat of arms? So long. You're like, okay, this is going to be your coat of arms for your entire life and your entire family's life. You got 20 minutes. I'm crumbling under the pressure yeah, for that. Yeah. Mine's like a circle. My, that's all that I've got at the end is like, I can't fuck this up. It's a circle. And here's the other thing, Luke, not only does it have to be cool, it has to represent something about you and your family. It can't look like other people's crests and the colors can't clash with anything. That's, that's tough. This is a near impossible task. I'm I'm already pretty indecisive. Like if I'm looking if I'm looking to buy uh I don't know, a pillow, I'm doing hours of research on the right pillow. And that's not that's not even something that's a matter of taste necessarily, right? Like sure, right. there's a little bit of taste that's involved with like how firm do you want your pillow? Yeah, it's like do I want a firm one? Do I want memory foam? Right. Right. I'm doing all the research figuring out which one I want. It takes me hours. Coat of arms? I'm I'm never doing that. No, ever. I'm gonna say, you know what? My descendants can do that. That's getting moved on my to-do list every day to the next day. Right. It always starts at the top and it always ends at the top, but throughout the day, it's it's constantly moving one down. It's it, yeah. In your will is like to-do, coat of arms. <laughs> This is for you guys. And then your your shitty kid picks like a picks uh, a fucking trout or some stupid animal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. House Tully, we're I'm, coming I'm back. I'm more to of a minimalist you. style, actually. So I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The other thing is about this story, something that I don't think about very much, but is wild, is in a patriarchal. Society. Dude, I have this exact same thing written down. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> when when the queen when there's no there's no male there, the queen has to marry somebody. The that person just becomes king. 
and they're looking to marry to someone that's outside of the country wild yeah that essentially means your kingdom gets absorbed by this other kingdom Mm -hmm. that's crazy the other crazy thing i forgot how gross the practice of giving away your daughter was Mm -hmm. so up until the end of this story it sounds like this king just said oh yeah i'll give you my daughter when you know when i have her that's understood that's that just gives you a little gross feeling inside doesn't it and that used to be very common it would be like hey i'm the king of this place daughter you will go to this other kingdom and marry this person you will be our gift to them oh gross (laughs) that's not good glad we don't do that anymore um yeah (laughs) long pause there luke yeah are we thinking about that one are we thinking of bringing that back no i was just i was just considering like that's i don't have much to say about that it's just kind of it's kind of weird to think about here's a smaller thing dunny is a terrible name for anyone (laughs) dude's name is dunny come up with a better one that's disqualifying she cries out to Dunny when he's being attacked, and I thought, oh, she's calling the dog over. <laughs> nope. Apparently it's the person's name. Right, that's that's in the same category as, like, Mittens, Fluffy, Spot. Yeah. These are pet names. Now, okay, I'll say this book is Polish. Okay, good point. So maybe the translation didn't didn't go too well, right? Yeah. Definitely fair. But even so, fair. if it sounds like Dunny in Polish, not a good name. Not a great name. Um, in the same vein of the translation thing, so I'm currently studying for the GRE. Oh, look at you. And I'm assuming that the translator or author was also studying for the GRE at the same time as translating slash writing this. Because it was really convenient to have the new the new vocab word that I was just learning show up hundreds of thousands of times. What what vocab word was that, Luke? Banal. Oh. B a n a l. I literally learned that word a week ago. Uh huh. Saw it every other page. Why is that in the fucking GRE? <laughs> I'm not. How is that going to help you do your future science work to know what banal means? Luke, educate us. What does banal mean? It's it's when something is like repetitive. Mm -hmm. Kind of boring. Kind of repetitive in a boring way. Yeah. Why why the fuck do you need to know that? (laughs) This turned into something else. Okay. But yeah, I totally agree. That's absurd. Totally agree. Anyway, speaking of absurd... When we first meet Dandelion, early on when we meet Dandelion, dude, they're riding along. Dandelion plucks an apple off of a tree. They have a short two-sentence interaction. Dandelion takes an apple core and drops it on the ground. Luke, let's just, let's just act that out real quick, okay? We're riding along. I'm going to be Dandelion, you be Geralt. 
Okay. Anyway, Geralt, so uh, what would you think of the game last night? I'm going to pluck an apple right now. Go ahead. Pretty wild. I can't believe can't believe LeBron carried the team like that. Yeah, LeBron's great. Oh, apple's done on the ground. <laughs> That's less than 30 seconds. Dandelion ate an entire apple. Can you imagine okay. Geralt? trying to have a conversation with this horse as he's chomping down an apple <laughs> with this, like at this rate you know dandelion this, is like crunch 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 <laughs> this is such a a small point but i'm glad you bring it up <laughs> unless he's what doing kind of like unless he's do- okay even okay if this is a crab apple then there would be no core you just eat the whole thing yeah it's one bite it throws away the stem no, Luke, this is this is definitely like a Fuji or a Brayburn or something. And the only way he's getting this this short of a time to eat this apple is he's do, he's doing three bites starting at the bottom for some reason. Here's here's my <laughs> What? What does that mean? <laughs> Cuz it's the smallest, you know, you got to start at the small end. Okay. Uh Here's here's my thought. I think Dandelion might be one of those people that thinks the core of an apple is bigger than it is. Oh, he's wasting a lot of the apple? I think Dandelion's taken three medium-sized bites of the apple and being like, that's all that I can eat. <sighs> Throwing away the rest of it. Dude, but even the, think about three medium-sized bites of an apple. <laughs> that is, one, not very much of an apple. And two... Try and take three medium-sized bites of an apple in the span of 10 seconds while you're having a conversation with someone. It, those are not medium-sized bites. And you're not getting three of them in. Mm. You're getting maybe one pretty big bite, and then you're crunching it really quick, and then you're like, oh, yeah, oh, hang on, I'll get to you. Uh, yeah, LeBron, great job last night. Absurd. Maybe he's... You know when you know when you're at a restaurant and you take a bite of food and the waiter while you're already chewing is like how's the food you have to finish chewing and then answer them? Yeah. Maybe he doesn't have the embarrassment that I do. And he asks he says something to Gerald, Gerald responds, and now it's Dandelion's time to respond, but he's eating the apple. He doesn't have the feeling that I have where I need to finish my bite as soon as possible. He just he just takes his time, eats the whole apple, and then answers. And Gerald's like, that was five minutes ago, man. You're saying Dandelion took a bite. Geralt responded. Dandelion took another bite. Took another bite. Took another bite. Took another bite. Swallowed. Responded. Yes. That's a power play. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what happened. Strong move. That's an incredibly strong move. Speaking of things that are completely inconsequential, but just really stuck with me. When they're talking, when they get captured by the elves, when they're um, tracking Torque, the satyr, the like king of the elves mentions that I wrote this down verbatim. He mentions, you stink even when bound. <laughs> what does that mean? 
how is how is them being bound supposed to change anything about their smell? That's a good question. That was just a little thing. I have no idea. Maybe the ropes that elves use are fragrant. Maybe they smell like huckleberry. Could be. Maybe I they think smell that this like is pine. one of those cases. Ooh. No, I think this is one of those cases where he didn't think out his insult. Yeah. Yeah. And then he says it. It's like that didn't make any sense. Right, but there's no it's one, like no one's going to call him on it because he has them tied up. And he's kind of in the position of power, right? Right. It's like okay, I'm gonna br- I'm gonna bring a modern day example. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You've been camping, so you might not have seen this. There's a there's a current meme green shirt guy. Oh, dude, yeah, I haven't seen this. Okay, there's a city council meeting where someone is yelling at the city council. Green shirt guy is laughing about it. That's not the point I'm gonna make. Okay. The person that's yelling at the city council. <clears throat> says like something along the lines of uh what is it you're in violation of the constitution or whatever and someone in the back yells you're in violation of being an asshole or something like that which is like oh but because this guy this guy i'm sure just like wanted to say asshole and try to tie it in yeah yeah but then you think about it, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. No, that's That not, means that they're not being an asshole. Yeah, that's not good. This this is my thoughts on what this elf is doing. Just like says, tries to tie it in. He's, he wants to say that he smells bad. He sees that he's tied up. Wants to tie those together. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm going with that one. The last thing I want to talk about is this dual scene at the end of the book where Geralt is being run out of run out of this town that he's been staying with the priestess at and this like this hotshot young guy challenged him to this duel right he's in this scenario where everyone's being an asshole to him because they're like hey you if you don't do this duel we're gonna hang you if you do the duel and hit the guy we're going to hang you. Yeah. It's like, what am I supposed to do? Well, everybody but the dwarf, we should say, is being an asshole. The dwarf is on point. Dwarf is on point. Yes. And they're basically like, just, you have to just let him beat you. And Gerald does this move where he hits the kid's sword hard enough to make the kid hit himself. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of funny. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> But I have, I have a, a, a little, little criticism. Oh, okay. It seems super badass that he does this. Yeah. You know what would have been more badass? Just letting the kid hit you and going on your way, Gerald. What? Because, okay, more badass, maybe not. <laughs> but you're risking a lot here. Okay. Right? You're risking your life. You're risking everyone's life there because it's said, you know, he's not going to go down without a fight. Yeah. If they, if they like attack him because of that, he's killing everybody there. It's like you can just you can just let the guy cut you a little bit. This Grow is, up, Gerald. This is why I'm saying he's like a, he's a frat star, dude. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't really care about the consequences. He just wants to look kind of badass. Mm-hmm. So like. 
yeah, he's going to hit that guy with his own sword. And then he's going to go yeah. crush a White Claw. Okay? Yeah. It's just, you don't have to, you don't have to beat this guy. You can just let him do the little touch you. It's, it's like a, it's like a little duel where if he cuts you, it's done and you can leave. Instead, you're going to do this move where like all of a sudden you're potentially in trouble. You made everyone hate you. The dwarf is also potentially in trouble now. Yeah, but then just like, but, but grow he, up, Gerald. Okay. That's my point. All right. That's fair. If it had ended with that, grow up, Gerald. Gerald. God, next episode, we need to pick one. <laughs> but when he does the, the power move on the Baron at the end, when he says, hey, if I challenge you, do you have to fight me? Then he kind of is like, hey, I got you, fam. I got you, dwarf fam. We're good. Like, he's not going to come after you. It's chill. And that, that was very good. You know, that was very... Because then he's given that dwarf a little bit of power. You know, the dwarf is not completely at the whim of this guy anymore. Because Geralt's got his back. You know, he's looking out for the little guy. I appreciated that. Yes. I still just think it's a little... it's It's a little unnecessary. You know, I'll say this. It's a step down from murdering three people. That's true. He's taken it down a notch. He he probably could have figured a way to kill this kid with his own sword, right? He probably, he was so much better than this kid at fighting. He probably could have found a way to just cut his own neck with his sword. Right. And, and he probably could have figured out a way to do it without even touching the kid. Just like getting him to like whip his sword around the wrong way and like, oh, shoot, cut my own head off. But he didn't do that. That's okay. So, fair enough. So I'd say he's being well, merciful here little personal growth Mm -hmm. we've seen some character development okay (laughs) luke should we talk about should we talk about thoughts on the book yeah sure okay so this is we're we're we finished the book Mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of weird to be doing thoughts on the book on the episode that we start the book but uh yeah what's what's your review yeah i'm gonna go first i didn't love this book this might be one of my least favorite fantasy books that we've read so far. Okay. Now, I should say that it's a, I know it's a collection of short stories, so it's not quite like the same format as the other books that we've read. Um, but I just, it, the dialogue wasn't really clicking for me a lot of the time. Occasionally there were cool witty banter parts in it, but a lot of the time I wasn't really sold by the dialogue um the fights were really cool okay so i have to say i thought the fights were very fun and i liked that there was almost always a fight going on i liked that there was um some like snow white kind of thing and there was some like genie kind of so there was some like elements of fairy tales yeah there there. there was a lot of fairy tales i like that um but I just, I wasn't really sold on the characters. I didn't really get that invested in any of them. Um, it seemed like a lot of stuff was really rushed. And maybe that was because these are a series of short stories. But the whole, like, Yennefer thing, I didn't really get why Geralt was so in love with Yennefer after knowing her for, like, a day. Um, I don't know. That just hasn't really, that wasn't really built up built up enough for me to buy into it 
as a as I think um it deserved. Like I didn't think it deserved that ending that a lot of it got. Um so yeah, maybe that was because these are these are a series of short stories, but I, you know, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't wasn't my favorite. I'll say that. It didn't break top top 3. <laughs> okay. So, I think a lo- I a lot of what you said I I agree with. I think I liked it a lot more than you did. I I'm chalking a lot of what you said up to it being short stories, which I don't I don't I don't think you can necessarily compare shorts uh, like a uh, this also wasn't that long of a book to have like a ton of short stories in it. Um, so I'm chalking a lot of it up to that. And I don't I don't really feel comfortable comparing it to an actual novel. Um, so you're definitely right on that. A lot of it is super fast paced, like overly so for a lot of these scenarios. Um I think I think that's I don't know if purposeful is the right word, but this book is I don't know if it's in the description or something, but it's like an introduction to the Witcher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think that the point of this book is to introduce you to the world, introduce you to the Witcher, some some of what he's like, some of his abilities and that kind of thing. So I'm not necessarily viewing this as a novel, because if I were, I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm viewing it almost as, and, and for the listeners, uh, so I've never played the video game. I don't, have you? I th- think I played the second one only. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. I've never played the video game. So this was my first introduction into the world. Um. I will say this, hype to play the video game now. Yeah. Because the the this book I can I can very easily see how this is a cool video game. Yeah. Cuz it's it's kind of like a bunch of quests, right? Mm-hmm. Um bunch of quests. There's a ton of powers that Geralt and other people can do. Yeah, cool fighting. A ton of monsters to fight yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That part I think is very fun to read about and um, and would be fun to play in a game. I, I, in terms of this book being like a really great piece of literature where I'm like super into the characters and that kind of thing, that's not the case yet. Maybe it would be if we eventually do the actual novels. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not quite at the level where I care a ton about the characters and there's not an overarching story. So for that part, um, I'm not really I'm not really into, but that's another thing that I'm putting up to it being short stories. Um, so this, this is kind of long and winding, but <laughs> my point is more that I think it's a very fun book, and the stories are fun and, and interesting to read. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't know if this book is something that I'm like going to remember because of characters or crazy plot twists or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude, but she was a humpback, though. She's yeah, pretty wild. Pretty crazy. Really affected the story. <laughs> no, okay, that's fair. That's fair. And I, I do think the one, 
the one interaction, this is the last thing I'll say, the only story that really like left a sour taste in my mouth was the Yennefer story. I think it was just too rushed to develop this like intense bond that they had between Geralt and Yennefer. And it sounds like they're going to be a pretty recurring storyline right. throughout it, the whole It thing. does seem like Geralt and Yennefer is very, their connection is very important. Right. And the their introduction story did not seem like any more significant than his and Shrike's introduction, for example. Exactly. Um, so that's, that's I think, the only story that really kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. Otherwise, okay. yeah, I thought it was a fun read. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> after that uh, stellar review, Luke, guess what we're reading next week? What, what are we reading, Dan? We're reading the, the first half of sword of destiny which is the second um series of short stories from andrei sapkowski okay so that's the i think that's how you say his name i've already forgotten anyway this is the kind of the second um book in the witcher series Mm -hmm. more short stories we're only reading half of it this time for the next episode because we're doing we normally do three episodes for a book we're going to do this episode for the whole last wish and then two episodes for sort of destiny mm-hmm. so be sure to send us those tweets with that hashtag that you're going to come up with about the last wish whatever it might be and um we'll get to reading and come up with some hot takes figure out a way to act like dumb nerds oh actually luke we got a we got another another itunes review here um nice the title hasn't loaded yet i'll i'll just read the text uh from this guy oh okay here it is if you're looking for interesting discussion about the actual literature find another podcast These podcasters spend so much time making irrelevant conjectures about irrelevant points. Well, he must have have read our description. Um, For instance, they spent the first 10 minutes of their Blade Itself Part 2 episode talking about public-use rental scooters. Yeah, he's picking up on our... Good little rant by Dan. He's picking up on our hot takes. Good audio quality and topic selection. Oh, nice. Cool. All right. The rest of the review loaded. Disappointed. One star. Oh, 